The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzy. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. The pot of thunder and rock and roll. Yeah! Guess what? It's Friday! It's The remedy for boredom has arrived. This is the People's Podcast. Let's go for a ride. Well, he's got gold chains and hair like a dream. He's definitely the coolest on the whole A-team. There's just one question. Where is he from? Chris Jericho invented Mr. T's mom. Remember, no matter whatever ails ya. That Chris Jericho invented Mr. T's mum. And I put some cowbell in there for you, because I know you want to hear it. Today, got another great show. Aren't they all great? Huh? Huh? Aren't they all amazing? I'm still laughing over the uh, ridiculous Sebastian Bach interview uh, that came out on Wednesday. If you haven't heard it, you got to check it out. Sebastian, one of my favorite interviews of all time. So funny, so natural, just a very, very cool guy. Lots of great stories. We had a B-L-A-S-T blast. We had a blast. And today, we got the King of Swing from Switzerland. We have the Paul Heyman guy himself. Cesaro is here. He does not have a first name. He is just Cesaro, and he's on fire! He'll be here in a little bit, but before we get started, thanks for showing my sponsors a little bit of respect and love and affection. I appreciate all of you who have gone to podcastone.com and clicked on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page. It's the easiest way for you to find all the great Sexy Beast sponsors who make this show possible twice a week. You'll also find the Amazon links there for Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, Amazon USA, everybody's going amazon amazon usa in all seriousness it actually does take some cash to keep this show recorded and produced for you twice a week and i love doing it it's become part of my dna i'm addicted i'm a junkie i'm a podcast junkie and i want to keep doing it i want to keep doing it for you for free so again please just take a moment to check out the sponsors i choose them all They're all great products I use and think you will dig as well. I wouldn't push some, uh, I wouldn't push a bum steer on you, eh? So you can find them all at podcastone.com. You click on the keep our podcasts free banner at the top of the page. Then you click on talk as Jericho, scroll through and check them all out and see what's going on there in sponsorship town. Bring it on down to sponsorship town. All right. So we have Cesaro coming up, and at the end of the show, I'm going to play Lights Go Out. It's just uh, taken off huge. On the first day, it was number three on the metal charts in Australia. It was number one in the metal charts in the UK, and it was the number one most downloaded song for Century Media, our record company, on the day it came out in the USA. And it would have been number one on the metal charts, but there was some kind of a, of a mess up in the uh, description of the song. So it was never charted in metal, but it sold enough downloads to be number one in the metal charts as well. So I'm, I'm taking it. Number one in the UK, number one in the USA, and number one in our hearts, right? Number one in our hearts. So big weekend coming up. We are going to be 
Fozzie, that is, at Carolina Rebellion on April 3rd. If you uh, like the song Lights Go Out, A, you need to go to iTunes and buy it now. Support your favorite bands. That's the only way we can stay on the road and stay rocking. And we're going to be playing it live for you May 3rd, Carolina Rebellion, which is over in Charlotte. May 5th, we're at Springfield, Virginia, very close to the Washington, D.C. area. That's going to be at the Empire with Raven, new wave of British heavy metal uh, metal legends that we invited to come play uh, the show, come open up for us. Very, very excited about that. That's uh, May 5th in Springfield. May 6th uh, in Pittsburgh at the Altar Bar with Buck Cherry. May 7th at the Chameleon Club in Lancaster, Pennsylvania with Gemini Syndrome, Eyes Set to Kill. Uh, May 8th, the Main Street Armory in Rochester. That's also with Buck Cherry and Adelita's Way. May 9th at the Chance in Poughkeepsie. That's with Josta and King. Cool bands there. May 10th, Hampton Beach Casino in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire with Buck Cherry. May 11th in Clifton, New Jersey. And May 13th at the Irving Plaza in New York City also with Buck Cherry. So there's a lot of cool shows coming up. If you want to come see Fozzie, if you want to come hang out with Chris Jericho, all information at FozzieRock.com. Plus, on June 12th and June 15th, it's London is Jericho in London, England at Leicester Square. Amazing theater. I will be doing a spoken word question and answer uh, show just for you guys in the London area in the UK. Come and hang out. The tickets are moving really well. I think they're getting close to being sold out. Uh, So keep uh, your eyes on that and check it out. Come ask me any questions that you want to. And then plus, of course, on June 14th, main stage at Download, Fozzie will be there along with Linkin Park and Fall Out Boy and I think Twisted Sister and Status Quo. Dying Fetus will be there. That should have been on my list of, of bad names as well, Dying Fetus. I had a, 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 a couple of tweets from other people talking about with the strange, weird band names that I brought up. Two of the biggest ones, which I forgot, uh, Leonard Skinnerd. That's an amazing one that if you obviously don't know um, what you're talking about, makes no sense. It's just part of the culture now. And of course, Pink Floyd is another one. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I'm sure when they first said their name was Pink Floyd, people were like, what does that mean? Also, we have Blue Oyster Cult, The Goo Goo Dolls, Papa Roach, Puddle of Mud, Weezer, all of those strange names as well. And that's thanks to at KGN067. Keegan Duda sent me all those uh, all those bad, weird band names. So another thing about this weekend, not only are we doing Carolina Rebellion on the Saturday, but on Sunday it is Extreme Rules, the WWE's new pay-per-view. And uh, it was a huge, huge success when I had this next guest on to give his WrestleMania predictions. So right here, right now in the studio with me to give his Extreme Rules predictions is Egypt, the janitor from Westwood Collegiate in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, represent, who uh, put a halt to the very first Pummelmania. He stopped the very first Pummelmania BTWF Super Show back in 1987 or 88, kind of made a little bit of a truce. And now he's on as my uh, partner in, in, in predicting the matches for Extreme Rules. Uh, how are you doing today, Egypt? I have come from the streets of San Francisco. And I am excited to do the Extreme Rules predictions for you. Click, click, more hiking this way. 
Well, Egypt, uh, I noticed at the end there, you kind of lost your grip on the English language. I mean, that's why we always called you Egypt, because we could really never understand what you were saying. I mean, what kind of an accent do you have? Well, my accent is from half France, half Nepal, half Newfoundland, and half Jersey City, Akleem, Ohio. Okay, well, uh, that's actually equals two, so uh, four halves would be two, so you must have had four parents, and I don't want to get into that, but I do want to get into the predictions for Extreme Rules. Let's start it off with the uh, Hornswoggle versus El Torito in the WE-LC match, and this took me a couple seconds to figure out what that meant. I thought it was W-E-E-L-C, and I thought, did they mess up on the W? Is it supposed to be W-W-E-L-C? Then I realized WE-LC take off for TLC, a, T- a TLC match for little people. Uh, definitely for fans of Lucha Libre and comedy. So I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to give it to El Torito. He's new on the scene, and uh, Hornswoggle's kind of been around for a long time. So I'm going with El Torito. Well, I think that the winner will be Hornswoggle uh, because he has the experience and the fan following to be uh, the winner. Plus, he is doing a movie coming out very soon called Leprechaun Echtiglakbaharial 2. So they are going to want to promote him. Okay, next, it's a three-way, uh, basically for nothing, Cesaro versus RVD versus Jack Swagger. I, I think Cesaro is going to win this and, and move on to, to bigger and better things. Definitely a little bit of busy work. And a three-way dance with nothing at stake seems kind of strange, but I'm going Cesaro. Egypt? I agree with you. As much as it pains me to say this, I do not want to agree with Chris Jericho. But when I was on the streets of San Francisco, I realized that Cesaro is a future world champion. Okay, so we agree on that one, for those of you keeping a score at home. Next is Alexander Rusev versus R-Truth and Xavier Woods. I mean, there's no way Rusev's going to lose this one. Uh, Truth and Woods basically not doing much on the show. So I I think that it's it's a no-brainer. Of course it's a no-brainer. There's no way that the the Truth and Woods are going to win. I'm going with Rusev and keep the youth movement going. Okay, speaking of uh, youth movement, for the Intercontinental Championship, it's Big E versus Bad News Barrett. Uh, Definitely going with Barrett on this one. Um, I mean, he's got a lot of steam, and Big E doesn't even hardly have anything. I think Big E is going to make a real comeback here. Big E stands for Big Explosion, as in the explosion he's going to give Bad News Barrett when he jumps off the top rope and gives him a top rope splash. Well, that was exactly what I was trying to give uh, uh, the Wild Warden when I was climbed up the ladder to jump off at Pummelmania, but I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not going to get into that right now with you, uh, Egypt. Okay, let's go to Paige versus Tamina. Definitely Paige. Of course it's going to be Paige. It's just busy work for her right now. Paige is the new top star in the division. Okay, next, John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, WrestleMania rematch. I believe this is a cage match. I think that Bray Wyatt's going to get his victory today. Uh, at, at Extreme Rules. He didn't win at WrestleMania, but he's on a roll once again, and I think it's Wyatt over Cena. I don't agree with you. 
John Cena is a hero to the fans. John Cena is a hero to the ladies. John Cena is a hero to Egypt. I am voting for Akridak Mikwahanyakudakra. John Cena. Okay, uh, let's go to Evolution versus The Shield. You're getting a little bit red there, Egypt. I have some problems with my blood pressure. I can tell. You better take it easy. Evolution versus The Shield. Um, you know, the the reunion of Triple H and, and, and his lackeys, shall we say, which is funny since they're in the main event of WrestleMania. Now they're the lackeys for Triple H. But I'm going to go, I'm going to say that Evolution's going to win. I think Evolution's going to uh, get the victory here and, and continue the feud. How about you, Egypt? I think that the Shield will win. They're on such a roll right now. And Roman Reigns is good. Dean is good. And Seth Rollins is good. Egypt, you don't know what Dean's last name is, do you? No. It's actually Ambrose. Oh, Ambrose is my mother's name. I love Ambrose. Okay, Egypt, and finally the main event, Daniel Bryan versus Kane. I mean, you have to think that Daniel Bryan is going to get in this. I'm not really uh, too happy with the storyline involving uh, Daniel Bryan's wife and Stephanie and all that stuff, but I think when it comes down to it, it's pretty obvious that Daniel Bryan's going to win. I agree, but I think Daniel Bryan will win by disqualification. I think that Daniel Bryan will win by disqualification because Kane is hot right now too, and they cannot have him lose right away. So I am going for Daniel Bryan by disqualification. All right, well, I think just for the record, Daniel Bryan is going to pin uh, Kane clean. But Egypt, we, we thank you for joining us here uh, on Talk is Jericho. And for those of you keeping track at home, I believe you were four for four for WrestleMania. So let's see if you can do better. Um, any uh, Anything coming up, Egypt, uh, that we can plug? Well, of course, I will be cleaning the floors at the uh, Peoria Abraham Lincoln High School from May uh, 31st to uh, June 12th. And I will be appearing live at Carolinas in New York City for uh, my debut stand-up comedy performance. So come and see me there. All right, thanks to Egypt for his predictions. <laughs> Keep your eye on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. All right, here we are actually uh, in between Tampa and Orlando in the illustrious Haynes City Hampton Inn. I'm sitting here with Cesaro is right across the table from me. It's, on, Chris. it's, it's good to have nice. you, man. It's funny because it's nice. you, you, much like Batista, uh, you lost your first name. Much like Batista, yes. Yeah, he, he, did, he, he lose my first name and like uh, like Biggie as well. Biggie, that's no, right. Like, no, he, he lost, lost his last, last name. name. Yeah, yeah. So you're just Cesaro. I I'm can't even call you. You're like Cher or Bono. Just one or name Madonna, necessary. Right. Or Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, it's cool to have you uh, uh, here, man. And it's it's. I almost feel like we're having a, an affair or something because we met at an undisclosed hotel room yeah. in between it both of our like, cities. It, it seems like we're going to an indie show, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, uh, who, who's there? Uh, Chris is there. Okay, I'll meet up with him because he's the only one I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll come pick you up at the airport and we'll go, brother. So uh, I know you just landed. You just finished uh, TV this week. You just mm-hmm. came from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, how was that? I don't think I've ever been to Saudi Arabia before. I, see, it was really cool because... 
we get there and we've been uh, I was lucky enough to be on pretty much all international tours last year so mm -hmm. I went to Qatar and to Abu Dhabi mm -hmm. and that was pretty sweet because uh, in Abu Dhabi we were like jet skiing in the Arabian Gulf oh yeah just like it was awesome and because like Abu Dhabi is uh, trying to be the new entertainment capital of mm -hmm. the world I guess and Qatar is trying to do the same thing because I guess they realize they're going to run out of oil mm -hmm. you know in 20, 2030 or right, something so right. um, but Saudi Arabia is like the most um, conservative still out of all the Arabian countries okay but it's the biggest one mm -hmm. so um, we're the first western big entertainment company that oh, really went there and especially in the uh, capital which was Riyadh which where we at they said they never had anything like that and I heard like different stories of like that was the first time that loud music was played in a public setting in like no kidding it, like I don't know if it was ever but like in a long 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 time like our entrance musics and stuff uh -huh. and um, it was just like I didn't really realize it but you know when I talked to our like media people and the PR people and they were like no this is a, this is a really big thing and everybody's like super excited because it's the first time mm -hmm. a western company because usually it's like Right before you know, the concert or whatever is supposed to happen, somebody is like not happy with it because you know they're very, very strict in their rules. But um, I think it's a very good business card for WWE that we were able to do the shows in that yeah. country. So like now all the other conservative countries or the countries who are more conservative are worried about you know the WWE edge or direction. It's like no, we're PG, we're a family company, and it's great entertainment so it's interesting too i mean you think about i mean all the shows that we do in the states you know or it's every week twice a week and then there's canadian shows etc but just the, the places that WWE goes like you mentioned saudi arabia mm -hmm. arabia a few years ago we went to china i don't know if you've been on that one but I, same yeah. thing there was there, there was the first it was like a um, expo a world expo yeah. and only american or western acts was us and like the london symphony orchestra yeah like for the first time ever it is it is very interesting too because I, who was I talking about? Probably Daniel Bryan, because we always mm -hmm. talk about weird stuff at airports. <laughs> we were talking, we were like traveling, and you know, there's there's always people recognizing you at airports. Mm -hmm. And it's no matter where you are in the world. Right. So it's kind of, we're not the number one. Like, you know, if you come to the USA, there's like NFL. It's like, that, that's yes. the big, the big league. Yeah. And then there's, depending on who you talk to, you know, baseball, basketball, and hockey is, you know, right. somewhere the second. But then there's pretty soon, there's WWE. And same in other countries, you know, probably like, Football or soccer, as you know, we call it mm -hmm. over here, is like number one. Somebody just tried to uh, break Somebody into our room. Hold on a second, let's see what's going on. Hello? We don't need any maid service. <laughs> that was way too violent. <laughs> see what happens? Yeah, that the guy just tried to just bust into maid. the door here, man. <laughs> you got the wrong room if he's trying to, to steal say, something, right? man. Yeah. And we could, the best thing is, we'd get it all on tape. We'd have it all recorded and be on the podcast. Uh, all right, I think we're all right. So, you guys were, uh, you're talking um, about. What are you talking about? Uh, talking oh, yeah. Just to be like, WWE is so recognizable worldwide. We're, yes. never, we're not the number one in a country, but we're always like a number two, a number three, a number four. And it's everywhere. Like, and everywhere. And yeah. like, I'm sure you like get recognized everywhere because it's like, oh, wait, it's, people know WWE. Sure. And I mean, it's just I'll get, a I'll get a thing worldwide. I'll get a text sometimes from like, you know, friends in bands. It's like, hey, we're at an airport in Thailand and you're on TV right now or whatever. You don't even realize the worldwide exposure that you're getting. Exactly. When, and we always get those, uh, I mean, you know, those, those, it's like on the sheet, like, okay, going to Saudi Arabia, um, you know, population. So this is the capital, like these are the, the you know, like yeah. you say hello, just like kind of like familiarize you with the country. Yeah, when it, you go overseas, they give you a little uh, booklet that gives you a little bit of information about every yeah, country that you go every to. Country, which I think is very neat, you know, because you, yeah. you learn something. And then it's always like shows you what TV stations and what programs are on. 
in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia and like Dubai and Qatar, every show that WWE has is on. It's Raw, SmackDown, main event, NXT. Mm-hmm. There's Afterburn. There's uh, this week in 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 WWE. There's like like even shows just, that are only online here exactly like are on TV. There They're all on TV yeah. and. You know, we were at the gym, uh, and you know, like there's a 30 minute special on Kofi's promo tour that he did. That's just on oh, TV. Wow. That just keeps airing and airing, and it's just, it was very like special them that we went there, and all the people were super nice. Like mm-hmm. they were just stoked, and apparently even the people who were critical about, you know, the, the event coming, and they came and watched. You know, like with it. yeah, yeah, and I mean. They were just like they were like well everybody they were they were so surprised and so happy because they said everybody left the show which is such a good mood mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is that's what we do you know so that was very good feedback for for everybody I thought and I remember too I, I think I think with Saudi Arabia is the same might even be worse was like people are still wearing like the burkas you know the, the yeah. full outfits and for <laughs> I was teaming I wrestled or teamed with our truth and he came to the ring saying what's up and then people say what's up but they're all wearing burkas you could just see their eyes but they're raising what's up yeah. what's up and it's like something out of like the naked gun or something like this is so out of place it, it's very surreal too because uh in Saudi Arabia there was no women at the shows because like oh really yeah there was like none at all like but I think in um Qatar or Abu Dhabi even there were like women and men were at the shows it's just you know women wore the burqas but Saudi Arabia it, it, it's very strict still so there's no mm-hmm. you know it was it's just Men only shows. So wow, that's very interesting. interesting. But the crowd, they were super hot, mm-hmm. and it was actually um, I thought it was funny. It was a Japanese style arena where it was very intimate. The roof was very low, so it was it was a great atmosphere. Yeah, that's yeah, great, man. It was fun. It, it's it, things have been going really good for you over the last little bit in the WWE, and it it was kind of a not a slow start, but you had the typical kind of uh, absorption process when you first came into the WWE. It happened to me. It happened to, to Eddie Guerrero. It happened to Steve Austin, where you come into the company and you have a big name from, from another world, but it almost doesn't matter. It's like until you walk through the curtain of the WWE, that's all that matters. That's all that matters to the boss of what you're doing in the, in the WWE arenas. And it doesn't matter what your reputation is preceding you. Well, I think it's also what... It's also with the crowd, you know. Mm. The, it's kind of going like going into a new territory when 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 you go to Japan for the first time or, or to Mexico for the first time. The people don't know you, mm-hmm. and I feel like with, for example, my style, it takes a while to like appreciate it or get used to it. So there's an adjustment period. There's too. an adjustment yeah. period, and there's an adjustment period for me mm-hmm. to learn because like people are always like, "Well, what is this style different?" And I'm like, "Well, it's just a different territory, essentially. That's or, right, or, or it's a different country because." You know, like when you go to Japan, yes, you, you you do exactly what you did to get there, but then you learn and you get better, and that's the to me that's love of what, See, but, what, but what that's, is fun about it. You but know? that's also what you have that a lot of guys don't have uh, the experience of knowing when you go to a different country. It's a different style. Like the basic is the basic, good guys, bad guys. But like I remember, like when I went to Mexico, okay, it's more cartoon over the top. When I went to Japan, it's more serious. Mm-hmm. ECW was more wrestling, hardcore violence, and mm-hmm. Smoky Mountain was more Gaga. But there is a WWE style, the mythical WWE style. Well, yeah, it's just. But like people always ask me, what's the WWE style? I'm like, well, it's you, you can't put your finger. It's just like it's mm-hmm. so much bigger, but it's also just. A different style, like it's more psychology, else. maybe. It's, well, it's just you first. You, you're wrestling for a different audience too. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's uh, it's families, you know, but it's kids and their dads, so mm-hmm. it has to appeal mm-hmm. everybody. And then um, I think it's just that adjustment period of, you know, when you watch WWE, there's people that have been there for 
10 to 15 to sometimes, you know what I mean? Like 20 years. 20 yeah. years. So people are accustomed to those superstars. So if someone new comes in, it's just like, oh, there's a new guy. And if you watch how many new people show up, on WWE television every year, it's quite a, it's quite a bit, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and people are just like, well, they come and they go, but if the guy sticks around and ke- continues to like impress the audience, yeah, they all start to appreciate him, and it's just that's just to me the natural process. Well, it and, takes and, a while. And let's be honest too, we're basically working for an audience of one. You have to impress the boss. You got to impress Vince. That that's the guy that you really have to prove yourself to. Um, when you get there, I mean, I noticed that, you know. Well, yeah, I think that that's how 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 it is in almost every job. You want to impress the boss, the boss yeah. You know? so yeah, like, yeah. And then, of course, but it, it, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's very, um, you know, you want to impress the boss. You want to deliver good matches for mm-hmm. for you and the crowd. Mm-hmm. And Peter Boys goes. It's also if you impress the crowd, you impress the boss. So mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of it all goes hand in hand yes. to me. So. Um, that's, that is it's also a, a confidence thing too. Like I noticed, um, and, and from being through it, and like I said, coming through the same, uh, the, coming into the business the same way you did. I mean, obviously, I came in a couple of years before you did, probably ten years before. But it was the same concept. Let's go work around the world, mm-hmm. hone your skills. But I knew it from the start. When Punk came in, when Daniel Bryan came in, when you came in. Uh, I knew you guys would get over. Even at first, it took a while, but I knew it because you guys knew how to get over. Whether it's in, you know, a, 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 they used to call ECW Arena Bingo Hall. Don't matter if you get over in the Bingo Hall and you're one of the top guys in that Bingo Hall. You can be one of the top guys in a WrestleMania stadium. You just have to figure out what to do. Yeah, it's something. Um, actually, th- you wrote it in your book. I think I don't know if it was the first or second. I think it was the first where it was like, well, when you learn how to get over. That's right. When when you go into different territories or like you know travel around the world mm-hmm. and nobody can take that from you yes and that's something that you have that's an advantage because you just know okay i'll adapt and change until i find what works yeah. when i went to japan you know i did a i did a couple of tours and the first and second tour i just look back and i'm like what, like, what was i doing like, yeah you know yeah, yeah. it's kind of like oh god i wish i would have just and then you know like on I think it was on my last tour. It finally clicked. It was uh-huh. like, well, it clicked, and now I look back. I'm like, oh. Well, yeah, sometimes you look back at the, better, you know. I remember there was a, a match I had in ECW. It was a four way: me versus uh, Scorpio versus Shane Douglas versus Pitbull, and it was voted like match of the year in ECW. And but and I watch it back now. I can't even watch ten minutes of it. Like it's so bad. But for the time and for the style of where we were, yeah. it was good. Yeah. But knowing what I know now, it made it's cringeworthy. <laughs> oh, I, I have many of those. Um, but I think that's what that's what drives us to you know mm-hmm. get better. Because you look at match, you're like, oh, you know, I need to be better at this, this, and this. And then you go out and you get better at this, this, and this. And I think yeah. that's what that's how you you know like adapt to whatever style you go mm-hmm. to. You know, like to me, the people always ask, that that's another question. It's uh, what is the Ring of Honor style? Do a Ring of Honor style match mm-hmm. or like. To me, what Ring of Honor, you can go and and it was the same in ECW too. Right, like sure. It ECW was. and Ring of Honor had have strong similarities to me, and probably like you know when when you and your group of uh, mm-hmm, like group your of guys, group yeah, of guys broke into me and my group. That's of true, guys. yeah. Um, and it's like there's no style as long as you do whatever you do well, the fans will appreciate it. Because if you look at ECW, there was, you know, from the hardcore guys to the technical guys to the the entertaining guys, everything, everything as long as you did it well. 
Yes. It was the same with Ring of Honor. It was everything from top to bottom. You had the guys who did hardcore. You had the guys who did funny stuff. Mm-hmm. As long as you do it well, the fans appreciate it. And I feel like it's the same at a WWE level where you have all kinds of different characters. But as long as you do it well, the crowd will appreciate it. You just have to win them over and show yeah. them that, okay, I'm willing to stick around and I'm I'm doing my best every single night at what I do. And know? get the confidence to know, like, once you get to that point, like, I could have a, a, a match with the hotel desk clerk and know it's going to be good. Like, just let me just go through it. Once you got that confidence, nothing can touch you. Yeah, it, it, and it, it is a big confidence thing that, you know, like, once you get in the ring, it's kind of your, your safe zone. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? To me, it's like I've been in so many rings around the world. It's like, okay, when I'm in the ring, okay, I know I have stuff under control, what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I think that is very important. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I was like, when you first started coming into the WWE, you had a great uh, air of respect, which is always cool because obviously you'd been around. And not that some guys just don't know. You know, they, they come across a little bit arrogant or flippant or know it all. And. You never would want to say that, but it's like, this guy don't get it, man. Well, the, the thing is, too, there's not a lot of... And I noticed that when I was on the Indies, and especially when when I started in Europe, there was nobody around to learn from, really. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of guys who said that. that there was actually one guy, I think he had like one of, my, one of my first 10 matches. I was teaming with him, and he told me all how he was in ECW, and he <laughs> taught Sabu how to do a moonsault or something. And I was just saying, I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? Of course. That's yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... <laughs> it was just like stuff there was like nobody really around and then we were on the like on the Indies and even you know it was like there's it was very seldom a show where there was a veteran there that, that mm-hmm, would be mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. well this is how it is or listen kid try you, this you need to try this or try that it was all trial and error and kind of almost the, the blind leading the blind yeah trying to find okay what works and then you come to WWE and there's so many people you can ask from the from the agents of the people who have been around for a mm-hmm. while and it's like to me that was very refreshing and that's like well i want to go to wwe because i want to learn more and just have that wealth of knowledge yeah you know to, to learn from you know what i mean i can come back and like uh like when i wrestled you for the first time you know like you give me some pointers or i come back and there's like pat patterson mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? It's just like, and those it's guys, great. those guys are willing to give you as much information as you want. But a lot of people don't ask. It's it's really amazing uh, that that a lot of guys, maybe they don't feel it's their place, or maybe they don't want. I don't know. But but if you don't ask, it's almost a, a black mark against you. And when you do ask, guys are like, you know, this guy really wants to learn. Yeah, and the thing it also is like some people just like you said, they don't know because. Mm-hmm. They come from different backgrounds where, where where it completely works different, and you you can't really hold it against them. And if they stick around and if they're successful, they'll pick up on how yeah, it works. That's right. So it is very interesting because they, they, there's all kinds of different people, and that's the beauty about about this business mm-hmm. or about WWE. You you just there's different people from all different walks of lives, and they have one passion. A lot of different ways to kind of get there. Exactly. Um, I remember we did the Japanese tour last year, and I actually, I think I told you, but I requested to work with you. because yeah. and, and nothing against the guy. I mean, good guy, but I, I was just I, I was just envisioning, okay, we're going to go to Japan, and I'm going to get put in there with like Fandango or something, and that's fine. We'll have an okay match, but I want to go and, and, and tear it up. Like, I grew up in Japan. You know, I've been there 60 times. I wanted to go with someone that could go. And I said, you know, I said to Michael Hayes, I want to go with Cesaro. And he's like, all right, we can go with him if you want to. And because this was another Cesaro. It's another, it was a year ago. You still, you still had a first name then. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were kind of lower on the food chain. 
but that like I knew that you would get there. And we went to Japan. We were in Tokyo at the uh, at the Sumo Palace. And man, I remember we went about thirty minutes and we tore it up. And I was just, yeah. I just thought it was such a, a a great match for both of us to really, you know, we talk about Japanese style. What does that mean? More athletic style, uh, longer false finishes, and more crunchy, hard hitting. And it, I really, I thought that was a great match that we had. Yeah, and it was awesome because, uh, like you said, there was a different time when you were like, "Oh, I, I requested, you know, like yeah, to, to, to wrestle over there," and I was like, "Oh, okay, sweet." So, like, <laughs> yeah, sure. was, like pressure's on, but I sweet. love pressure, so yeah. like, let's go, you know. And like I said, Japan is something that I I, I looked up to, and I really wanted to go mm-hmm. to Japan before I came to to um, WWE and. Um, to go there and be like, okay, look, we can do this too. You yeah, know? Like, that's right. And, and especially with you, 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 you've been there and the crowd gave you an awesome reaction and I felt like, all right, I'm going to earn it, you know? <laughs> so it was, it, 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 it uh, that was one of my favorite matches like so far because it was like, it was just different and, you know, mm-hmm. like long and fun. And you got to open up and really, yeah, you know. Yeah, it was kind of like one of those like, all right, let's just. I just remember, I mean, and obviously it. people know it now uh, and we hadn't, you you hadn't been become the king of swing at that point, which I I don't think I could ever take that move because I get too dizzy and actually literally throw up. Um, but you just you used you, to do it. Though. I used to do it. I, I got it from uh, Hiro Hase. Yeah, yeah. He Hase, used to do it. Hase, so yeah. I did it a couple times with Eddie and X Pac. So he was too. good, man. Oh. People used to count one, yeah. two. But I remember just how strong you are. I mean, you got this this guttural, just bullish strength, man. I mean, that's that's a it's 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 a definite asset for you. Yeah, it definitely is, and it's like something when I on one of my last tours in Japan, I just started doing more power stuff, and it, Japanese fans really responded mm-hmm. to it. Um, I think I remember the, the first night I just shoot gorilla pressed one of, one of the guys, and he was like, you know, like a hundred and ten kilo guy. Yeah, he was like, it was this awesome picture of him like not posting, just like with the face of like, what the hell is going on? Um, but it's just. To me, it's always like, you know, people are like, oh, how much do you bench and stuff? Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I don't care. That that's useless. At, yeah. That's useless. What, what matters to me is what you, you can do in the ring, you know? Yeah. Like, and like manipulating body weight is completely different from manipulating like weight Weight weight, you know? yeah, exactly. So like, there are so many guys that, you know, when you're in the ring with, they just grab you and you're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, he's strong. And then you see somebody that's like, you know, like a like bodybuilder type strength and he just like, and like, just oh, I remember whatever. I remember uh, Haku Ming was was yeah. like that just had this this guy could kill me if he wants so big shows like that too I mean you forget because you oh. know big shows so nice but that guy and, and you they got this this strength of just like this it's like it's like a shark under the waves like it's, I could just die right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah like definitely big show when he grabs you or like yeah for example like a Mark Henry he is the world's strongest man right which people I don't I don't know how, how he can forget but like his grip is in it's insane because well, you know? we know these guys that's why and they're so nice and sweet and you can tell them to f off and they laugh at you but you forget i mean i saw a picture of me in big show the other day and it's like he's literally another me on top of me yeah. like how like you forget you know yeah. but speaking of which i mean I, I remember i came back from japan and i and i told vince you know uh how was the tour i said it was great i mean because i worked with joe he- or um, uh curtis axel too axel was great i said but cesaro man keep your eye on him. He's like, I will. I'll keep an eye on him. And here we are a year later and you won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, which at first when you hear it, it's like, oh, it's probably just a way just to get everyone on the show. But it wasn't. It was a real legitimately pushed part of the show and the end of it was really good. And I thought that when you won, it was like, oh, that's the guy. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was very surreal Mm -hmm. to say the least. And I thought, uh, you know, Andre the Giant was, uh, he was from Europe. Yeah, that's right. I I have that connection with Mm -hmm. him. And it's um, interesting 
one of the only other Swiss wrestlers I know was Ray Ross Artes. Yes. Which is the guy who I'm going to talk about him. That's right. I worked for him in Switzerland or in Germany, yeah. Germany, yeah. In 93. When I met him, he was like, I actually, I talked to him before, like a year ago, two years ago on the phone. And he's still alive, right? And he was still alive. Yeah. He lost a leg in a motorcycle accident. That's right. Still alive, still strong. And it was funny because I called him and it was very awkward because I haven't talked to him in, in years at that point. And why did you call him? Uh, because we had a show in Switzerland. Oh, okay. And I just wanted to invite him. I yeah. just wanted to, that courtesy, I felt like I owed him to. Yes. Just be like, hey, if you want to, you mm-hmm. can, which is an hour from him, which is in Switzerland. That's actually quite a long travel distance <laughs> and you know with him being that old it just it did it, it did not work out but um the first question he asked me uh, which was phenomenal and it just shows you <laughs> what kind of guy he is. it was like the first he asked me when he saw me first he was like how much do you weigh now <laughs> like, and because like first time i met him he told me it was like you know you need to be like 105 like he told me you need to be 110 kilos right which right, is about 230 or so like, 240 yeah, 240 yeah. 250 which right now i'm around 105 okay and i'm feeling great so yeah <laughs> stay there i went there to 110 and i was like yeah not, yeah. not quite for not me, necessary but, either right yeah but he was um he told me the the story about how you how how he booked you with the picture. And, me, and, oh yeah, and, yeah, and like and uh, uh, how his daughter liked you, and then like I was just like you know, old timers talk a lot sometimes, and you mm. don't know what's true or not. But then like he had the picture and everything, and then I read the same story in your book. It's true, and he was the one that told me that he found Andre in um, in France. Mm. He discovered him, which many people say they discovered Andre, but he was telling me how they had like handicap matches with him and this and that, and how. He would fly him around in his private airplane, and wow. so like, I figured like I had a, not a connection to Andre, but I was like, okay, because he only told me the truth about other things, you know. So like, chances are he's probably something, something, yeah, something true that he was, yeah. you know, one of the first ones that that's uh, right promote him or whatever. So that was pretty cool. And then to win the, on the, the you know the Jam Memorial Battle Royal was at my first WrestleMania, you know, like yeah, all WrestleMania the first time. That was pretty surreal. So well, and also too, cool. and this is another thing that that you might not have even thought about, but Andre the Giant holds a special place, not just in the fans, but to Vince McMahon. Like mm-hmm. Andre is one of his all time favorites. Oh yeah. So to win the Andre the Giant battle, it wasn't just a. I just had this guy go. Like, to, the fact it's called the Andre the Giant battle yeah. royal means that it means a lot to Vince, and the fact that you won it, that's a that's a big vote of confidence. Oh, you know, it, it definitely was, and, and, and um, you know, I was I was very proud of it, and mm-hmm. I, it's always it, it's kind of funny because that's always in every step of your career, or at, at least at guys like us, it feels like okay, now the hard work begins. Yeah. So it's like it's always like you go to the next step, and it's always like okay. You need to get better, better, more and more. And right. Like, and that's not like, a, like, oh, no, I want more. But it's not like, okay, um, now it's time to always deliver. And I feel like that's, like, you always want to do that. Mm-hmm. And not that I don't, but it's like, no, no, yeah. you just have to work harder. Well, it's it's, it's a different, when you start getting the, 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 the sniff of the main event and you start dipping your toe into that water, it's a different world, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's, I always say, how many guys have been in the WWE? I don't know, 10,000, 20,000, 100,000. How many of them have been world champions? 100? How many of them have been good world champions? 40? So it gets whittled down. Yeah. How many of our Hall of Famers? You know, 10? Like a yeah. real legitimate guys. So when you start getting into that rarefied air, like you said, okay, great. You started out, you came in, okay, then you, you yodeled for a while, you spoke some languages, you had Oksana. Yodel, we just talked about that Which yesterday. is great, man. I love it. Well, he's from Switzerland. Make him yodel. What, that's, what else do they do in Switzerland? But I mean, and, and then I think uh, when, when Vince put you with Zeb, 
that was a big step up because one of the things was, well, he doesn't talk a lot, meaning you. Meanwhile, it's the same with Chris Benoit. He didn't talk either until they found out what exactly he talked best at Bret Hart. Bret Hart wasn't over the top talker, but when he found his character mm-hmm. and for you, okay, they put you with Zeb, you get a little bit of chemistry with him with swagger. And then suddenly you get moved away from Zeb and given to Paul Heyman, who's mm-hmm. the best mouthpiece for you. And also you don't just become a, a Paul Heyman guy. Uh, as a throwaway in this day and age, that's like another big check mark next to your name. Definitely, yeah. And I think that with the, you know, it, it was like I had the the WrestleMania moment, mm-hmm. and then uh, the next the night, right? Moment yeah. afterwards as well, and that was that was very. Um, I was very grateful for that, and it was very satisfying, of course. And now it's kind of okay. Let's go. Yeah, let's see what you got, right? <laughs> yeah. How did you feel about getting put with Paul? Um, you know, to me, like like I said earlier, it's very. Uh, when I when I started, there was not many people to, to learn from, and then I go, you know, like I had the chance to learn, to to learn and and like from Zeb mm-hmm. or you know Dutch, who has mm-hmm. been around Dutch for, Mantel, right? For, for yeah, um, since since the okay. Stone Age. How, how do you pronounce it? Decades or decades? Decades. Decades. Okay. But I'm from Canada, so my pronunciation is so, all okay. messed up too. I, I so always, uh, I always, uh, I always <laughs> went for four. Then I always pause. I'm like, I just don't know how to say de- decades. <laughs> Coming uh, from a guy who speaks five languages, uh, yeah, well, I'm telling you how to speak. I always have the, the mishmash in my head. <laughs> but so, like, you know, to, to from like being able to learn from him and ride in a car with him and just have like road trips and drive mm-hmm. up and down the road and him just telling stories or listen to music or whatever it is, you know, it's just such a good learning experience that I've never really had before because you always hear the stories of uh, you know the old timers in the territories or they would be like we know I learned the car and you know we well that's right crazy. yeah and the idea is true because you you're right you know when, when when you drive for four hours yes there's going to be an hour of quiet time because it's just like in between or listen to music but a lot of the time you talk about talk about wrestling you throw ideas out mm-hmm. you, you get shut down you think oh this is, this is stupid <laughs> or like you just give a different perspective on things especially for somebody that's been around for so long like 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 zeb has and then to get a chance to work with somebody else that's been around for a while mm-hmm. the, 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 like you said probably the best mouthpiece mouthpiece <laughs> mouthpiece uh in in, in, in the, the business WWE right yeah. now or in the business in general and then you know to learn from him to me that's just a, an awesome opportunity and chance and it's going to help your pro mobilities too definitely you know? yeah i mean that and that's the thing i mean and like I said, I mean, when you're talking about Paul Heyman, he's got Brock who doesn't talk. He was with Punk who did talk. Mm-hmm. You're kind of in the middle. It's like you can yeah. talk with him a little bit and sit back and listen to him go. And nobody can sell an angle like like Paul can. So it, it, there's a big future for you just he to be is associated a great salesman. with him. Absolutely, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Whether he's telling the truth or not. <laughs> talk is Jericho. I'm here with Cesaro. So let's go back to your uh, your early days. You mentioned growing up in Switzerland. How do you become a wrestling fan in Switzerland? Is there? A, I don't. I think I've only been there maybe once or twice. Doesn't seem like it's the hugest thing. Or- no, it was when um, was that the the wrestling boom in probably would that be like ninety four ninety five. Mm-hmm. Which was actually not a Hulkamania boom. It was the when was it, Bret it was, Hart, was maybe Bret right? Hart. Yeah. yeah, it was when uh, Bret Hart and the Steiners and the Quebecers mm-hmm. and uh, you know, although I always say Steiners and Quebecers in the same line because that was the few when he came on TV. I think it was on from ten to eleven, mm-hmm. which is very late for me to stay up. But uh, you know, <laughs> once a week, I, I was. I was and where in Switzerland did you grow up? Uh, in uh, Lucerne. Lucerne, gotcha. Yes. Great city. Yeah, yeah love it. Beautiful city. Yes, I wrote a big story about it in my new book. It's beautiful. <laughs> Um, so it was like the new thing, you know, it's like, oh, from, you know, like from America, which is mm-hmm. cool, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, WWF at that time. And then, uh, 
so I watched it, and the big feud, you know, was obviously Bret Hart, and then but one of the big tag feuds, and I was just a big tag team wrestling fan at that point, was the Steiners against the Quebecers. And I thought that was great, you know, and then, you know, I was a big fan of Papa Shango. Uh, <laughs> You're the only one, I well, think. Well, <laughs> you know, because, like, it was just, like, he was crazy, and uh, crazy as a like, completely off-the-wall character that made exactly. his eyes bleed, and would always, I always tell this story, and actually, um, the German... Uh, WWE announcer has been with the company for about 25 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. Ever since WWE oh, really? on German TV, he has been announcing for us. And so I listened to him growing up and I finally met him, you know, when, when I went there for promotion tour and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, you know, one of my favorite things you ever said is that uh, Papa Shango's voodoo only works on WWE superstars that are in the ring. It does not translate to the TV. <laughs> What's to, his name, the guy? Uh, Carson Schaeffer. <laughs> That's great. And like, because <laughs> in Germany, they're very, very strict about, um, you know, like, um, what is it called? Like anti-violence laws mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So like, they could not talk. He told me at one point when he, when he got on TV, that was later when I got back into it, they were not allowed to talk about the match. They were only a t- uh, allowed to talk about the storylines around it oh, and wow. the characters oh. because they didn't want them to promote violence. Okay. So it was like, I'm like, <laughs> that's a b- really big challenge as an announcer. Like, don't talk about the match. Like, like don't yeah. talk about what happens in the match just around like... Yeah, don't promote violence when you're watching the match. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, it, it's very hard, you know, because uh, obviously wrestling is not something that's uh you know like ingrained in the culture like it is here mm-hmm. so you know people you know just sometimes throw it away as like oh it's just you know, yeah yeah just fake or whatever they good, say yeah know? so um but you know that's how i got into it and then you know with the, with the the pictures and the trading cards and then it kind of got taken off tv so i kind of forgot about it for mm-hmm. a couple of years then it got back on tv when i was like 18 19 um, so, so where did you was, get started that was right. I got started when I was 20 years old. In Switzerland? Uh, in Germany. Okay. Well, I started in Switzerland because that was right when the internet became popular mm-hmm. and it was doing the, the attitude there at like right around 2000 mm-hmm. when every, everything started to, um, you just start. Yeah, I just you, started. You, I started in 99, you, basically. End yeah. of 99, yeah. Yeah, that, that was like the big, um, I remember watching it on TV when it was like mm-hmm. the big, like, oh, like. The big countdown was, debut. Yeah, or. the big <laughs> countdown debut. And that was like when just the internet was like, you know, with the yeah. modem. And it was like, you knew, <laughs> you knew it was going to happen. You just didn't really know when. Yeah. So, like, that's the other thing when we like, the big thing is not sometimes. It's just the anticipation of when it's going to mm-hmm. happen. And, like, you knew, like, oh, Jericho's not. He hasn't been on WWE. So Trying to put two and two together, yeah. When is he going to be on WWE? And then, like, it's like, you know, I watched that. And then I found that it was like, couple of guys who um, founded a wrestling club mm-hmm. which is essentially uh what you had to be to rent the the local gym okay for a night. Oh, so you had to have a club yeah you had to have a club official so, club so like it was like oh you know wrestling swiss wrestling federation you know like in, <laughs> it was like an hour from me and i'm like oh that sounds great yeah. i want to try that and i was like oh i don't know if i can do it you know i walk in there and it's just a bunch of guys like me you know like you know Try to do what they saw on TV, and <laughs> body slam, yeah, like body slam, and they had like the, the small, thin blue mats, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, but there was one guy who came with um, uh, Dory Funk before, and he's been over to the states like you know two or three times and trained with him, and uh, he wrestled all around uh, mm-hmm. Europe, and he kind of knew what he was doing. Uh, his name was uh, Siggy the Swiss Tank at, <laughs> at that point, <laughs> and uh, you know I just kind of like he showed me like uh, how to do like a, a headlock. 
a wrist lock and a hammer lock. I think that was pretty much <laughs> That's it. That's it. Right. And I knew how to bump, uh, which I learned on the thin blue mats, which Ooh. you learn pretty quick because yeah. if you're doing it wrong, you know. <laughs> you don't want to take too many. Exactly. <laughs> but at that point, I was eager to take uh, yeah, yeah. a lot of them. I was like, oh, right, this right. is great. And then he was kind of like, well, um, if you want to like, be in the ring or train in the ring, you need to come to Germany because there's nothing in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he was like, well, we're having a show or I'm founding a promotion, you know. Like Whatever it was. Their own promotion. Yeah. So it was like, I'm starting this new promotion. Uh, it's on like, Christmas Eve, like, mm-hmm. you know, December 24th, which is like, I guess the only time they can get the building mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and in Europe, we celebrate Christmas usually on Christmas Eve, not on the Christmas day. Oh, okay. So like, Chris, like the 24th is like the big day of Christmas. So, but I was like, well, I'm going to go and uh, train in the ring on Christmas, essentially. And um, I traveled with him to Germany and trained uh, in the ring, which actually got set up in this uh, death metal club in Ooh. Essen, Germany. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, um, which was great because in the afternoon I set up the ring, trained, and then in the evening it was awesome because uh, I guess some people didn't show up, so I was allowed to have my first match. And then the ring announcer and referee, uh, you know, had like what would that be like 110 degree fever mm-hmm. and was puking so i ended up uh, refereeing and ring announcing as well wow everything that same night yeah what, who, who, was, who was your first match against uh, siggy the swiss oh siggy the swiss course, yeah and you were claudio castagnoli yeah i was uh, i was claudio castagnoli at that yeah. time yeah, so. <laughs> so i mean I, but you know i was doing a little research because i'm a pretty uh pretty responsible journalist now you um you got to the states fairly early on which is interesting because a lot of guys in europe basically they just bop around Europe for you know a long time, but you came really early on to the states in your career. Yeah, I came like about four and a half years in, and uh, what happened is I came to the states to train a few times, mm-hmm. and like uh, uh, Chris Hero at that time, he was let's catch mm-hmm. owner the NXT for a bit, um, was like, hey, why don't you come to the U.S. and you know, was he to, over in Europe and here. met you in yeah, Europe? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, he was. Um, he came to Europe a couple of times and we had like a training camp. And gotcha. I just tried to learn from you know like mm-hmm. anybody. I was like, oh. He's he's awesome. Like, yeah, trained with him, you know. Yeah, and we became kind of friends, you know. And he was like, "Why don't you, you know, come over here and live over here and be resident?" I'm like, "Well, I need to have a, a visa. I can't mm-hmm. just come over here and be illegal." You mm-hmm. know, like so. I uh, found out that there's something called the green card lottery where they give away a hundred thousand green cards every year. I don't know if that's still the case. Really? Yes, they do. And so I was like, all right, how do I apply for it? So I applied for it, and I went through like an agency because it's so much paperwork. I didn't. Well, and I'm sure there's probably like millions of people that want to get one. Yeah, that's the thing. So I was like, okay, they were like, okay, what we do for you, you know, like you pay a certain amount and then you just submit your name and your passport or whatever. And then once you get selected, then you fill out the paperwork. Wow. Because apparently nobody ever gets selected. So <laughs> don't even bother with the paperwork. Yeah. So I get, you know, I file in and I think it's like in, in April or something like that. It's the when they like draw the lottery yeah so i get a month about the you know a month later uh, i get i get a, a message like all right you got selected for further uh, to the next round now you have to fill out the paperwork and i was just kind of like oh yeah i guess everybody gets selected but i started putting <laughs> out my paperwork and everything and then i talked to some people in, in the company i work for and they were like really i've been applying for eight years and i wow. never got through you know so so um, it really is like winning the lottery like a one in lottery you know, i think i had um they said I had a one in twenty-five chance to get through the first, and then a one in twenty to get through on the second round. Oh, okay, but I think it's the chances are smaller than that. I yeah, it would seem that way. Smaller. Yeah, it would seem that um, way. 
um, but well, so a very small percentage. I get through the first, and then it's like, okay, uh, fill out everything, you know, like mother's maiden name, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like uh, you have to have like certain either a job in the U.S. or money saved up. You need to have like a complete physical with every single <laughs> wow. thing, and then you have to go. I had to go to the U.S. embassy. Uh, which which was awesome because like that was the first time you pull up with your car you know and they stop you and they have like the rolling mirror that they look at <laughs> yeah, the car right. and everything right and post nine eleven yeah exactly they just walk in there and it's like so they just look at it and they're like okay and they just gave it to me and I was like I was legit I was like I drove out of the embassy and I just kind of stopped and I was like like looking at my papers and I'm like is that really it like, <laughs> and you've I, got a green is, card is, is that I can I can go now right I guess I. I kind of have to now, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was it, wow, was, it man. was really cool. And then um, I went to work and I quit the next Monday, <laughs> which was awesome because I think I was going to get a promotion. But, but that's, that's uh, I mean, so unbelievable, you know, to talk about fate that you actually get a green card before you even come to the WWE. I mean, that's one of the, what's one of the things that I always had going for me is I was born in the States, mm-hmm. but my parents are Canadian, so I grew up yeah. in Canada, but I didn't need a visa to come to the States. I could go work wherever I wanted to. Yeah. But I, I know, I mean, you, you worked every promotion. I mean, the, the, the list, of your, your career bio is huge. But I, I noticed one thing, and I remember this. I don't even think I even met you at the time, but you actually signed a deal with the WWE very early on, yeah. and then it got taken away. Yeah, well, like back in like oh five or oh six. Yeah, that was like right two two years after I came over here. So what happened? Um, I don't really know. Hmm. See, that's the thing. Uh, it was uh, I came over here, and it's funny because. I didn't come over to the U.S. I, did, I wasn't like, I want to be in WWE. I want to be a right. WWE superstar. I was like, to me, my goal was to become a full-time wrestler. And then the next step, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I always was like, okay, it's, it's step by step. You want to you know? work and your then, way up and there. And then I want to go to Japan. Mm-hmm. I want to go to Mexico and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then, and then finally, I, there came a point where I was like, I want to go to WWE. That's just the next logical step. Um, what happened is um, I got, I had a tryout. And I got signed by Nova at that point, who wasn't uh, yeah, in charge so of talent relations. Nova was okay. He was in charge of talent relations. He was talent for talent the developmental relations. or um, no, I think just talent wow relations. or or like development whatever it was. He was what was his name? What was his name when he used to drive the little um, segment? Simon Simon, Simon Dean, Dean. Right? yeah okay. Simon Dean. And um, I, I had my know. tryout and went well, and I got signed, and then um, I got back from Europe uh, from like a tour of Germany and mm-hmm. Austria, and I came back, and they. Uh, they they released me before I could go to OVW hmm. where I was supposed to report and uh, I it was just something that was like okay um, let's start back up you yeah, know, yeah it was of course just, what else can you do yeah to me it was just it was like okay it was not supposed to happen mm-hmm. I never really found out what so you're talking about like a month or two months after or how long did you actually have this I did deal I, I had a deal for uh, maybe was it a month something wow like that. so just really not quick even. yeah it was like it was or like it was shorter because. You know, they usually wanted you to move pretty quick, but I was just finishing, mm-hmm, essentially mm-hmm. finishing up, and then I got finished up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was it was something that I didn't like. You know, a lot of people would be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, man, screw that, right, yeah, right, right." What, what, what? These guys like, are stupid. It was like, okay, <laughs> I mean, I was like, I, I always try to use if if I get frustrated, I always use that as motivation. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, that gives me a chance to. Continue at Ring of Honor. It gives me a chance to go to Japan, which I did. You know, like I didn't go to Japan before that. I actually went after that. And then um, when we had our try it again in 2011, before we got signed, you know, um, I asked about that too. I was like, okay, you know, like 
you know, I was I was here I, before. I, I was <laughs> before, and um, you know, it was, it was just like yeah, but you know, like it, different times now. You know, everything's different for course, whatever you reason. Know. You fell through um, the cracks. Or? It, it just, it, I, I legit, I, I never got an explanation mm -hmm. that because like nobody really it, it's just something that fell through the cracks yeah you know right, I mean? right 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 uh, because you know like and you never know it could be something like you know there's, we have too many Europeans or it, it could have you been you just never know because, man you know, yeah. like there's, uh, there's uh, I think there's three other people got signed with me Heath Slater is one of the people that mm. got signed at the same time and it could have just been like you know like oh no we didn't want to sign that guy Let's, yeah and it's just to me it's just it happened and sure like, and maybe you weren't ready at the time yeah exactly you like know? I'm actually looking back I'm pretty happy because I probably wasn't ready at that time right. and it would have been too much you yeah. know and now I felt I had a better a better grasp I had a chance to um, develop further and it worked out mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know I, I have absolutely no gripe well no of course I mean like you said we were sitting here right now but that happened to me in 94 I got offered to come in they were doing this thing where they had um, they were bringing in guys and I remember Jim Cornette called me he's like they're not job guys but they're they're guys that have gimmicks but they're going to lose all the time and, and what do you think about being one and I was like I don't think so, man. I'm just going to wait until it's my time. And this was like, it was like the goon. And I think I was earmarked to be the goon. <laughs> Canadian guy. The Canadian yeah. Go of course, you know, and right? the teal hopper and all this yeah. stuff. But I mean, I just, did, it just didn't feel right. And, and I just, I'll just wait for my turn the right way, yeah. you know, but you went on then and, and you mentioned Chris Hero earlier and one of the, the best tag teams from that era. And I watched a lot of the, of the, of the videos, DVDs at the time was Kings of Wrestling yep. in Ring of Honor, and you guys had some, some amazing matches. It was a real good crew of guys at that point in time. It was a really good crew of guys at Ring of Honor at that point, and it was a very strong tag division too. And it was always cool because there would be shows where we would be headlining mm -hmm. the shows, and the title match would go on before the mission, or vice versa, because mm -hmm. it was just it was equal. Like the the rivalries we had, the matches we had were great, and some of them were my. Some of my my, my favorite matches of of, um, of that time, and uh, you know, I have nothing but good things to say about the time I had there. And you know, like we, I think you know, we had like titles all over the U.S. And who were some of the guys that weekend. that you worked with? Um, we worked with the Briscoes a lot. At that yeah, well, well, tell um, tell us about those guys. I mean, I met them a couple times and seemed like you know nice guys, but I've seen them just do some crazy stuff, like just killing themselves. Yes, I mean <laughs> <laughs> they've never signed with uh, with with TNA or, or WWE. No, they never did. They're um, just by choice, or um, yeah. I mean, I have to ask them, but they're mm -hmm. um, uh, you know they're chicken farmers from. <laughs> From Delaware, and that's who they are. And I don't say that. No, that's I say right. That in I, I was going to say, I like, say the, in the utmost respect, because they're just country boys from Delaware, Sandy Fork, Delaware. <laughs> they um, they grow chickens for a living. That's what they do, and they're just Happy. crazy, yeah, right? And they're awesome. Uh, we had some know. ridiculous matches. Yeah, yeah. We had some of the, you know, some we had like a year long feud with them and Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm. um, it actually ended up in probably one of my favorite matches, which was. Uh, us, us, the kings of wrestling, me and Chris Hero, and our manager Shane Hagedorn against uh, the Briscoes and their dad. <laughs> which, is, which is phenomenal. Is their dad a worker? No. Oh, <laughs> it's, it, it's their dad. It's awesome. Father chicken farmer. Father chicken farmer. <laughs> but it was, it was just, it was good, and the crowd was so hot and so into it. So, we're talking about Ring of Honor, or not to interrupt you, but I mean, you mentioned how there's kind of similarities between ECW and Ring of Honor. I've never worked for Ring of Honor, but I mean, the, e the ECW was playing 
decent sized arenas. You know, you'd get a thousand or fifteen hundred people at the bigger shows, a couple hundred at the smaller shows. But hardcore, diehard fans who knew exactly what you were doing and who really respected uh, the guys in the ring. And also, like ECW was almost their religion. Like yeah. we are ECW. Yeah. Ah. Is Ring of Honor have that same vibe? Is it is it the next generation ECW? Yeah, you know, it was um, founded by by Gabe Sapolsky, mm-hmm. who was mentored by Paul. Heyman, oh, okay, you know, right. Or like, I remember him and, selling programs. Exactly. ECW, yeah, you know, he would do that, and he was just, I think, you know, we're looking for okay, well, what would the next, you know, what, what can I do? And he started Ring of Honor, and it was based on, you know, like to me, it was more based on pure on the wrestling, pure product, mm-hmm. kind of like Japanese style, and that's how it grew. And the fans, you know, when when I was there, we had shows like from 500 to, like you said, you know, like 2,000 people on um, the big shows in New York. And mm-hmm. they were like, they knew where everybody were. They loved wrestling. They were super proud of the product. And it was their passion. Mm-hmm. Like it was the, like, um, I think I, I think I heard you say it on one of the previous podcasts, like us against the world. Right. It was yeah, like, yeah. It was like, no, we're Ring of Honor and we're wrestling. We, yeah. This is awesome. Our company's you know? the best. And and this is the best. And mm-hmm. uh, we have the best talent. And even to, to, to this day, you know, like a lot of the fans, you know, when, when they come up with the programs that sign at the airport and stuff like that, a lot of them are Ring of Honor fans. A lot of them are just like, I follow you since Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And like, to me, that's kind of like probably similar to with the. When you started in ECW, it's like they, they started there and then they, they okay, oh, yeah. I follow you to WWE, but only because you. That's right. I, I I'm, it was known as the ECW guy. I only worked there for six months. I think I had 24 matches in ECW. I was yeah. barely there, but still to this day, that's where I started. You know? Yeah. And it's kind of in Ring of Honor. It was, uh, I worked a little bit longer. I think I worked like five or six years there. Yeah. So, yeah. A long time. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun because it gave me, I can, I, I could learn, I can make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, still, I think. If you you need to make mistakes to get better, and uh, I did made many mistakes there, and there's many more. To and come. not on the national stage, <laughs> yes. which is good. So so you can um, you can learn, you know, and uh, a lot of fun. You can experiment with things. You can see how the crowd reacts, mm-hmm. and it's just it was it was it was fun. And at at its prime, Ring of Honor, we we ran three three weekends a month. Wow, so it's pretty pretty full time. So like yeah, it was it was full time. You know, there was especially once we, um, we got. TV, which was on HGNet, which mm-hmm. is, I think, uh, I always say it's the, the best wrestling show you've never seen. Because <laughs> That's the truth, Nobody right? had HGNet, <laughs> but it was so good. It was well-produced. It was like the vignettes and everything was like ahead of its time. As, and I say that because it was like UFC-style mm. sit-downs and like in like this gritty area, you know, with like, but it was, it was very well done. And the matches with the stories on TV were great. And it was, that, that was when... Um, uh, Rollins against uh, Daniel Bryan was like headlining all the TV so you know they had quality there and uh, what was Rollins I mean, he was Shane Black or something was uh, it? Tyler Black Tyler Black yeah. that's right yeah. and then it was uh, us Kings of Wrestling the Briscoes were the, uh, the American Wolves uh, it was uh, all that express with a bunch of tag teams and we had the good thing going mm-hmm. on there so it, like i said it was the best tv show you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean and you, and you mentioned earlier your group of guys i mean there's a lot of guys much like in wwe in 2000 kind of all of us guys from around the world culminated in wwe you have the same thing i mean you mentioned uh you mentioned daniel bryan i know you guys mm-hmm. are buddies and you mentioned rollins mm-hmm. how many other guys were, were there in ring of honor that are now in wwe i mean punk was punk there at the time uh or he already punk left just left just about as i came in okay i did a few shows with him okay uh, when he was there uh same with um jamie noble mm. he did a few shows 
Right. Um, right about when I started, or yeah. was very new. Um, Spanky was just about leaving as I came in. Um, what about uh, Ambrose? Was he there? In Ambrose, Ring of Honor? no. Uh, Ambrose was not at Ring of Honor. Uh, oh, okay. But I met him on because you worked everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I think I met him the first time. I think it was at a Chikara event, and but then I saw him at IWA and everywhere. Else. So when you were working Ring of Honor, you were allowed to work other companies too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, like, oh, yeah, and I say, oh yeah, because you know, some people are like, oh, you work for us, you can't work for them. Well, yeah, there you're right. Which is, but with us, with the lucky thing was we had some kind of leverage that uh, we were like, no. <laughs> it, to me, it was not like I was not the, the guy who you know like has a job and works once a month. Right, I'm you like, were working. No, every, this is yeah, <laughs> this is my thing. And if you're willing to pay me for the day that I'm not resting for anybody else. Yes. I'll, I don't do it. If if you can't, which you I know you won't, yeah. I'll go and, I'll go and, and, and rest for them. And um, I did that a few... I was uh, one of the only guys that did Ring of Honor and Evolve after, mm. uh, you know, uh, Ring of Honor and Gabe had their falling out. And I'm always... Because you're at the level where you could just well, say, listen, I'm doing it. But also, deal with it. to me, it's also a sense of... I'm, I was also very proud that I was able to do that because... I didn't didn't burn any bridges, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. and 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 I, I was very open and loyal and honest. I was just like, look, um, I'm doing this show, and I told him, and I was like, are you fine with that? And just know that if you have a show, I'll do yours because you're sure no, you, you take priority. priority. And to me, it's all about like not being not being shady, which is you know, of course, <laughs> I, I I love the uh, Chikara because it's a little bit of a wacky type of a promotion. Yes, and I've had you mentioned you listened to my Ray Mysterio show. His his one of his original names was the Green Lizard. Yes, uh, I had Sabu on the other day, which will air very soon. His <laughs> original name was Sabu the Elephant Boy. Yeah, uh, you were in uh, uh, Chikara. With a very interesting ring name. Uh, I'll let you say what it was. Is it the Very Mysterious Ice Cream? <laughs> of course. <laughs> very Mysterious it's Ice Cream. Well, That's a name. Well, what, what happened was, <laughs> see, I had that, okay, uh, funny thing, I had that name, I didn't even have that name, but I was an ice cream for one show. So was the ice and cream a group of guys or something? Okay, so what it is, is uh, it was a faction? Yeah, uh, it's a tag team. Okay. Los Ice Creams. <laughs> <laughs> which is Spanish for the ice cream. Right? Yeah, that's right, yeah, exactly. And, uh, so Chicago uh, is, is very fun oriented. It's it's like it's its own universe, but the fans are all in on it. Mm-hmm. So you know, they, we had a construction worker called um, Shane Storm, which the name was just based on. That was the time in the Indies where everybody was a Shane and everybody had <laughs> some kind storm. of storm. So it was like the most generic name you can find. It's like Shane Johnny storm. Hollywood in the it's early nineties. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just like so. It's the most generic name you can find, and then the most absurd gimmick. So it was Shane Storm, who was a um, he, he was a construction worker. Uh-huh. And he came up with the whole construction worker thing. He had like a mask that has a big blue hair mullet. And he had a stop sign, you know, the stop slow sign. Yeah. And he would actually slow his opponents down and then stop them. <laughs> and then like hit him with an insecure or something. And it was it was completely okay with the crowd because everybody was in on it. Right. You know, it's like, like going to a lucha show and the guy would like do a little jump and everyone would jump with it, him. Yeah. yeah, it's just like... You know, and there, there, there was there was there was Lance Steele. It's another generic <laughs> name, but he was a knight. It was Lance Storm. So Lance is right in the middle of that. <laughs> but you know, Lance so, like, Steele was a knight. Steele was a knight. You know, so like he had the big knight and everything. So um, you know, there's a tag team called Los Ice Creams, and they wear ice cream masks. One has a an ice cream cone as a beard, and I think they're all just like sticking right out of his head. <laughs> and uh, you know, they come out to ice cream music, and they do um, ice cream music. Well, you know, the, the ice cream, ice cream truck, truck. ice cream truck, exactly. Yeah. And to me, that was extra funny because in Switzerland we don't have ice cream trucks. Oh wow! So like, the first time I actually heard one over here, I was like, ice cream truck. So they come out to ice cream music, and they do you know like. 
funny ha ha yeah stick, like the, the lucha thing you know where you're like uh walk around the guy and pinch him in the butt you know like hey, la, uh, la parka stuff right you know? and uh there was an angle where i either got taken out or injured or something and then uh so was, so so claudio gets hurt claudio gets hurt claudio is gone right and then to take revenge, he come. It His was, friend. It, it was at the. It was at um, King of Trios, which is you know three against three. Mm-hmm. It was a big three against three tournament, and here comes a third ice cream. You know, so it's three ice creams. Uh, very, very weirdly, that third ice cream wears exactly what Claudio was wearing <laughs> right, at that time. Yeah. You know, he just has it's an like ice du- cream. It's mask. like Dusty Rhodes and the Midnight Rider. Yeah, yeah, but it was like, but like that. I never had a name as ice cream. It was just like, here are Los Ice Creams. And then <laughs> right. the, the three of us come out, and then we, I do some ice cream stuff, and I take the hood off. And put a big I do back. some ice cream <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that sounds Here's though. the lick. <laughs> He's hitting him with the drip. <laughs> you, only, you only hear that here. <laughs> so, and then I just I take the mask off, I blow a big comeback, and that was it. So I was ice cream for one match, and for whatever reason, uh, on Wikipedia it says, very mysterious Swiss ice cream, and that's a question I always get asked, and it's a funny story. Oh, there yeah, you go, and, and, and you just you just also cream. outed my uh, my research skills. I just went on Wikipedia for five minutes, and I saw that one. <laughs> Actually, we should pitch that gimmick to Vince. That's something up his alley. Lost ice cream. Oh, bring back Hooventude and Super Crazy and uh, Psychosis as lost ice creams. Oh, man. So and now we mentioned, I mean, obviously, back in the WWE, and, and we talked earlier about how you kind of uh, – Working your way up the ladder, uh, you had a, a a great match with John Cena a couple of months ago on Raw, and I know that uh, in his Muslim Fitness, you were in there with him training. Mm-hmm. Do you work with John quite a bit? Um, well, what happens is when we um, when I was at uh, FCW at that time, which mm-hmm. is NXT now, um, the trainings program was John opened up his uh, private personal gym for the guys to work out. Right, it became mandatory almost, right? If you were, yeah, it if was you were like training there, like yeah. the upper class, yeah. And th- that's where I met his strength coach, um, Rob, who mm-hmm. is um, uh, who worked with all kinds of athletes. He still works with many guys from WWE, but he uh, was a, a strength trainer at I want to say Georgia, okay, uh, Georgia Tech or Georgia, something, Georgia uh, College, not Georgia Tech, just University, the other ones, the University, uh, yeah. something. I'm from Canada, so okay. some university some, in Georgia, s- some big university, and I don't even know if it was Georgia. I hope it was. That's how much I paid. It is now, sometimes. but he also trained like Olympic athletes, like shot putters and stuff oh, okay. like that. So like he knows what he's talking. Very about. well-rounded very, trainer. Very well-rounded trainer. And um, he knows so much more about working out that I can never like mm-hmm. his my passion for wrestling is his passion for, for working, working out. out. And um, so he started, you know, when I got there, I was like, uh, learned like Olympic lifts for the first time because like I, I, ne- I never did those, which oh, is like wow. you know, cleans and snatches and cleaning jerks. And that's John's big thing. He loves doing snatch, like, clean yes. snatch, right? Yeah. So like I was like, oh, this is great. It was like I, I love working out and it's something new and I'm not good at it. It's really hard to do and. I was like, okay, sweet. I started doing that. And then um, when I got called on the road, I still uh, stayed in contact with Rob and actually had him write my workouts. And mm-hmm. um, that's what I'm still doing. You know, and he's still my, my, my trainer. Right. And then um, what basically happened is there's a bunch of guys who like to train like that. Um, for example, Seth Rollins, he's big into CrossFit. And CrossFit has a lot of Olympic lifts. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of their own gyms, which right. I go with him because... Um, I don't, you know, some of the big public gyms where it's just they, they don't have those workout equipment right, right, that yeah, I yeah, want. Yeah, and it's a very to me it's a very motivating atmosphere in those gyms because it's You're talking about like very, the smaller, smaller personal training bones. places. There, yeah, there's nothing really. It's usually it, it's in a garage, just essential tools, and there's the weight, and everybody's working hard, and mm-hmm. it kind of motivates you. And um, 
John, uh, you know, likes the same things, likes mm-hmm. Olympic lifts and stuff. So we work out at the same places, but we don't necessarily work out together. Okay. But um, yeah, the, you know, the muscle and fitness shoot, he was, um, he asked me, he was like, hey, are you going to work out at, at the performance center when we have to show you? And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, I work out there all the time. You know, yeah. that's my, my home gym, you know, because I know <laughs> it's right there. And it's not. a good gym, right? It yeah. is a very good gym, you yeah. know, so I work out there. I, I didn't even know it was a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. So that was <laughs> that's how it worked out. Yeah. But you guys did have, have a great match. And obviously, I mean, it, it, it turned out good. And, and is there other, some other guys you're looking forward to working with uh, upcoming? Now that you have this kind of new lease on the on on your career, uh, well, see, I I really look forward to like almost everybody. But mm-hmm. I think I I was lucky enough in my first two years um, to work with almost everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the guys I haven't worked with are the ones who are not here full time, right? Like they like Batista, for example, or or which I can see you guys having a hell of a match. Yeah, you know, yeah. or like Hunter, or you know, Brock, same thing, or Brock, whoever. It, it, those are the only guys. That I haven't been in the ring with everybody else in some way, shape, or form, unless it's like, for example, uh, uh, the Shield. Well, actually, Shield guys, since they uh, Mm -hmm. became babyface, I've been in the ring with the Whites, for example. I haven't yet, but like everybody else, I've been in in the ring with. I always look forward to being in the ring with. You know what I mean? Somebody that's like different, like yeah, like John or Randy or you know what I mean, like Big Show or Kane. You know, it's just. It's a different challenge every time you step in the ring, and I think that's the. That's the it's about exciting it. though because it is kind of a. I noticed that the night I even uh, text Triple H just the night after WrestleMania was kind of a you know a new chapter. Like so many guys coming up, and like you know the Shield and Cesaro, and you mentioned uh, some of the other guys that you mentioned. You know Daniel Bryan, the ascension mm-hmm. of him. It's a pretty exciting time for for fans because it's kind of the new generation is it coming is very in. Exciting, yeah, you and know? even if you. If you look at WrestleMania, it's kind of it was like here's the new changing of the guard, yeah, yeah. It's just changing of the guard, and Raw was like, all right, mm-hmm. new, and it was it was very, it, it's a very exciting time, and to me, it's like it's like a new excitement. Yeah, turn the, the page, you, right? Yeah, you can you can feel, and it's it's fresh because there's new matchups. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's there's Cena against Daniel Bryan. There's Randy mm-hmm. against Daniel Bryan. It's me against... Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah, there's Cesaro Cesar versus, Cesar versus Cesar Orton. Yeah. Cesaro against Orton. Boom, there's a the new guy. In the How about Cesaro versus you know, Brock? That's a, yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. I like it. Um, it's just, you know, it, it it's so many new matchups. And, you know, like you throw the Shield in there, you throw the Wyatts in there, you know. you throw He's the, good, too. Yeah. He's another guy I requested to work with was, uh, was Bray when I did NXT last year. Yeah. You guys had a hell of a match with... Um, Adrian Neville. Adrian Neville, yeah. It's like decayed, decayed Neville, ne- yeah. Neville, ne- Neville, Neville. Yeah. You guys had a hell of a match. You, yeah, got, you had a you, really yeah. great match with it's, him. I remember that. And it's just, to me, that's the fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's definitely a new generation. And it's like you can feel people getting excited again. You that's know? right. And that's because people like that's people like it when there's new faces, especially when they're ready. And you guys are ready. And it's too, it's kind of, I feel like a lot of, um, and I noticed that when we go to gyms or meet people, they're like, what do you guys do? And they're like, we're like, oh, we wrestle for WWE. And they're like, really? Well, I used to watch wrestling yes. as a kid, but then I kind of... And then, like, they come to the shows, and they're like, well, this is awesome. Yeah. Because we know those guys are kind of in the same age group. You know what I mean? Because well, like, the matches are so good, and too. The matches you are know? Good. And it's I mean, been the- you know, like, you, you always had that, like, exciting physical style. Yeah. And now it's, like, a lot more of that. Sure, so everybody's speak. working that way. Yeah, and it's kind of like, whoa, like, this is... This is good. Make, yeah. You know? so, and it's, it's exciting. Before we, we wrap up, I got a couple more questions. But I wanna, what's your um, 
if I had to ask you, like, name your favorite match or a couple of your favorite matches, does does a couple of them stand out? They, I, it's, it's hard to do, it's though. Thing, it is hard to do, and I'll always change it. Uh, okay, which is good. Which is, uh, but one of my, I always mention uh, Owen against Brett. From, oh, okay. From from WrestleMania, from WrestleMania 10. ten, yeah, um, and then. I have a few other go-tos. For example, uh, one that I, I think is very underrated is Eddie against Brock. Oh, classic from the Cow Palace. From Cow Palace. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, was it Joy Mercury put it on in developmental one day when we had tape sessions, and it was the it was like, how can I forget about it's that a match? clinic? It's right? Yeah. So good. Yeah. 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 But there's. I, I actually meant the a match that you had been. Oh, in. Match I've been. But I mean, every one of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's just that time mm-hmm. there were so many and if you go back like there's like matches on Raw and Smackdown mm-hmm. with like because you know like it was like you and like Angle and Brock and Eddie and everybody was mm-hmm. hot and Stone Cold of course you know Rock, you had like, it was just like 12 to 15 legitimate main event guys that all were hot yeah and it was just like there was just and, and I'm sure it was the one of like okay See you guys could top that yeah. guys, and then like the guys were like, "See what they're doing." Yeah. Okay, let's. And there were some that. guys that were not happy about that, but for our guys, it was like, "The more, the merrier." Let's it, see who can be better. And it actually it kind of started like it's still the case now between mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the guys who I was on the uh, on the independence and everything with, like we kind of always like, "Oh, what are you guys doing?" Well, you watch, you're like, "Oh, okay, you, <laughs> you okay? Bastard. Now we're gonna get you." You got me. So, yeah. So it, it but it, it's good, you know. Um, my matches, well, like you said, the one with Cena, the one with one with Randy mm-hmm. um, recently. Um, I was the, the one I really enjoyed the one with you in Japan. Oh, cool! You know, yeah, it was great. The, uh, but like um, the one I had with Sami Zayn at NXT it was very, very well. Um, oh, the one that was received. just on the pay per view. Yeah, it was great. Arrival. Great match. To me, I have matches, and it's not particularly because. I watched it back and I think that was. Oh, nice yeah, match. yeah. No, no, it's no. It's more of like what it meant to me of at course. that time. You know, like the, the arrival match for me was special on a few okay, reasons. One, it was uh, the, a blow off match of one of my. Um, it was actually a longer feud that I had. This I, is the Sami Zayn one? Sami Zayn yeah. 4. It was like. Um, the, there was a longer feud. It mm-hmm. was the first long feud I had in WWE. And it was the first match on the network. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that meant a lot. And then. Um, Elimination Chamber, which was my first uh, pay-per-view main event. From this year? From this, uh, yeah. That yeah, was this, this year, year a couple yeah, months yeah. ago. Um, Were you in the chamber? Uh, when I was in the chamber, okay, yeah. yeah. That was like um, my first WWE pay-per-view main event. That's cool. Which is, that, that's just something you special. You don't forget that one, yeah. No, uh, the one we'd seen uh, on Raw, just because it was, the crowd was, it, it's always like that magic, it needs to be the crowd. Well, and that like, was kind of your coming out, too, where like, wow, this guy can really go. Yeah, and I, I, I think that was right after I wrestled Randy on SmackDown. Like, I, I beat Randy on SmackDown, mm-hmm. which was a big, like, mm-hmm. shock, like, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And, and then, like, well, can you do it to Cena, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing, which I, I think helped tremendously. And um, but to me the, the goal is always obviously and, and I know it's the same for you like okay what can I do this week yeah <laughs> that's last right week, that's you know, right because you're only they're, as good as your last that's match, right you and they're always <laughs> watching they're always watching all right so here's the last test you speak five okay. languages right oh what are they Italian I speak Italian French French German German Swiss Swiss and English okay English, so we yeah. know you got your English going on yeah let's do okay so it's uh, tell me in Italian um Chris Jericho smells like bananas can I say it in German okay you can say that one. okay fine that's fine you got a list here so you can say it in German Chris Jericho smells like banana uh 
Prosecco riecht nach Bananen. Okay, good. You're right. Okay, Italian. Uh, this is some good coffee. Uh, bellissimo caffè. All right, per- correct. French. Uh, I drove here in a Mustang convertible. Uh, je pense uh, je conduis ici en uh, dit, cabrio de Mustang. Oui. <laughs> All right, Swiss. René Lazartes wears a cape and has a funny mustache. <laughs> uh, de René uh, draait de uh, cape, or de wie zei we dem? Een omhang on hele lustige schnauz. All right, man. Uh, and in English, I want to say to you, thank you for coming today, oh, man. It was a blast. Very, very cool to have you. And uh, best of luck, man. You're kicking ass, as I always knew you were. I've been one of your biggest fans for a while. Cool. And congratulations on everything that's been going on. Yeah, thank you, and uh, keep up the good podcast. Okay, here's how you can win some free Sherry's Berries for yourself. Just tweet the hashtag, I want Sherry's Berries, to at Talk is Jericho. But you got to spell it right. It's hashtag... S-H-A-R-I-S Berries, okay? I'll randomly select five lucky Jericho-holics to win some free giant chocolate-dipped strawberries from Sherry's Berries. My mouth is watering just talking about them, so hit the Twitter now, now. Hashtag, I want Sherry's Berries to talk is Jericho and win some tasty treats. All right. Let's play the song that everyone is talking about. The new smash hit. The new slab of wax. The new platter that matters. This is Fuzzy with Lights Go Out. Available now on iTunes, but you're going to hear it free right here on Talk is Jericho. Just us colliding When the lights go out We all 
Lights go out. You gave us your opinions last week. You loved it. It's the number one song on iTunes. At least that's my prediction. Let's hope so. All right. I put the number up on the Twitter. At Talk is Jericho. And we now have some calls of people who saw that number. You always got to be paying attention, people. All right. We'll start it off with Kevin in Michigan. What's going on, Kevin? Hey, Chris. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Detroit, Michigan. Detroit City, man. Detroit Rock City. That's it. I actually have a question about your time working with uh, the showstopper, Shawn Michaels. Um, yeah. You, you've mentioned that one of your favorite uh, memories working at WWE was at WrestleMania 19, uh, tearing the house down with Shawn. Uh, what were some of your other kind of favorite moments with, with the showstopper, kind of saying, wow, this guy really is the best of all time and uh, the guy that I really idolize? Well, I mean, um, the the nineteen match was great, and obviously, it still holds up to this day. You know, it was, it was the show steal of WrestleMania nineteen. I don't care what anybody else says. And um, I always kind of wish we could have done more. We did, I think, one more match together, but it wasn't really much. I think it was on Raw. But right. two thousand and eight, when we had our our long angle, that's my favorite memory of Shawn Michaels for sure, uh, because that was originally just supposed to be a one night only thing i was going to turn on them and then we were just going to have a match and that was it but it organically grew into a seven-month program that in my opinion is one of the, the greatest angles uh, in wwe history and i write i, agree. A, I write up thank you i write about it uh quite extensively in my new book uh the best in the world at what i have no idea that comes out uh in october october 13th i believe and that's kind of one of the corner cornerstones of the book is the entire feud and because I've forgotten just how good it was. I mean, not how good it was, but how intricate it was until I was writing the book. Then I went online and kind of looked up a timeline for it and just found all the stuff. And it was so wonderfully crafted and put together and, like I said, organic because it wasn't supposed to be right. that. And whenever people say, you know, what's your favorite match? You've gotten ahead, I'll always say, the, the ladder match uh, from Portland, No Mercy, I believe it was, 2008, where really? we, we had the ladder match for the world title. And it, the match was beyond anything. It was an amazing match. It was just a, a classic. But on top of that, it was the storyline that led us to get there and the fact that we were working for the world title in the main event of a pay-per-view, which was never supposed to be the plan, you know, seven months earlier when, when we were just supposed to do this opening, you know, one-night-only type of a thing. So that's why I love that match and why it's to be my favorite because the match itself, but it was the storyline uh, behind it and how we got there in the first place. Was it strange working with his uh, with his wife Rebecca? St- not strange, but it was, um, I guess, pretty crazy what happened because I was supposed to punch her, um, but I actually really punched her. You know, it, it, we had a little bit of a miscommunication, and I nailed her. I, I I didn't knock her teeth out, but I gave her a fat lip, and she was bleeding, and it was pretty heavy. Like Sean and I were really kind of uh, disgusted, I guess, at ourselves. That it had gone to that point, but you know, in a couple of days later, she was okay. She didn't lose any teeth. She was fine. And in retrospect, it was the best thing that ever could have, could have happened because people at that point went from being involved in this match from a entertainment standpoint to being in the match from a, a guttural emotional standpoint. If anybody ever hit my wife or my daughter or my sister or my aunt or whoever, right. I would I would kill them. I don't care if it's a show or not. And people, it wasn't like you know. You had to sell the fact she'd been hit because you saw it. She there, you know, she there was a sound and she went down like a ton of bricks and you could see it. So it was a pretty uh, heavy moment that ended up just kind of taking that that whole that whole storyline to the next level. 
Interesting. Thanks so much, Chris. All right, man. Thanks for listening, Kevin. And let's head over to California with Ruby. Hi, Ruby. Hi, Chris. Hi. How are you? Good. Where are you calling in California? Portable. All right. Well, what's your uh, what's your question today? Thanks for listening. You're welcome. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed reading both of your autobiographies and was amazed by how well you wrote them. Thank Have you. you ever thought? You're welcome. Have you ever thought, even as a kid or a teen, of writing any sort of fictional novel, such as mystery, suspense, or something like Stephen King? Well, I mean, uh, yes. I have thought about it. It's just a matter of what exactly could I write about. I had one idea a few years ago that was nothing more than just a kernel of an idea. And I actually asked uh, my book agent, you know, if I wanted to write a fictional book, could I? And he was like, well, it depends and blah, blah, blah. But I I think, you know, when my third book comes out, if if it's a hit like the first two were, maybe I could write a fictional novel if I decided to. It's just a matter of trying to find the right idea, though. Awesome. Yeah. So I appreciate you reading the books. Thank you. The new one comes out in October. Exactly. So already purchased on Amazon. All right. Well, thank you. So I hope you purchased it through Amazon through Talk yes. is Jericho. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. Thanks for listening and thanks for uh, checking out the books and uh, look forward to hearing your feedback uh, in October when book number three comes out. All right. Let's head over to Jason from Missouri. What's going on, Jason? Oh, how you doing, Chris? I'm doing First good. First off, I want to say uh, uh, it's kind of a silly thank you, but thank you for actually coming out with a red T-shirt because, Bat, you were ta- just talking about that Shawn Michaels angle that you had, um, and I was there in St. Louis, and everybody, and I was at the corner of the stage, and everybody around me had black T-shirts, mm-hmm. except I had yours on, which, you know, that bright red uh, one that you were doing, and... Uh, my wife goes, well, where were you sitting? And we were watching TV, and I said, you see that red shirt right there? She goes, no way. I said, yep, that's where I was sitting. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see so, uh, you're you're like a beacon by wearing that red Chris Jericho yeah, shirt. Yeah, it was awesome. And, and, yeah, it was kind of like, like, like more like a, like, it was kind of like burgundy or something. It was like a, a mm-hmm. yeah, right, I remember that one. Yeah, and actually I, uh, I wore that shirt uh, because uh, I don't live far from Harley Race's uh, wrestling school, and I go check out his shows. Okay. And uh, I actually wore that shirt uh, right before the WrestleMania match you had with uh, Piper and, and Steamboat when I met Rowdy Piper. Gotcha. He actually got a kick out of it. Cool, man. Um, <laughs> anyways, I was going to talk to you about the, the whole uh, the, the new Fozzie single. And cool. I'm kind of digging it, man. I, I, like the, uh, I like the speed. I love the tempo. The, the, the whole feeling of your songs, it kind of reminds me of what, I guess, metal's been missing. Uh, mm. The speed, the, the drums, the guitar, without being the vulgarity that, you know, sometimes you get into, and the fact that sometimes you can't understand what in the world these guys are saying, they're just like gargling salt or... We kind of wanted we kind of wanted to do something a little different when you turn on the radio. You do hear a lot of similarities between band and band and band, and um, you know, we didn't calculate to write something like this, but when it came out, I was like, you know, this is like dance metal, dance club metal. Like you could hear this at a club. Like they could play, you know, here's the new Beyonce and here's the new, you know, Lil Wayne and here's the new Fozzie, and it would all kind of fit. It's got that vibe to it, but yet it's still very heavy. Yeah, and that's you know, when I first heard the, the, uh, the, I was kind of hooked by the guitar, and I was like, oh, okay, I kind of like this, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I'm glad that uh, there are services out there that you can listen to songs because 
I'm not big on buying CDs off of one song, but I, I might have to get this to get the uh, new father just after hearing the new single. Well, you can get the single on its own. It's up on iTunes. Uh, Lights go out. It is up on iTunes now because the new record doesn't come out till July. So if you want to just get the song and you like it, you can buy it. And then once you get used to it and you have to hear some more Fozzie or your life depends on it, then you can buy the record. How does that sound? Oh, Deal. Oh, there you go. Sounds good. All right, man. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate your calls. Thanks for using my Amazon link. Every time you do your online shopping, it's really easy to find. Just go to podcastone.com, click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page, and then click on Talk Is Jericho, and you'll see all three of my Amazon links in the UK, the US, and Canada. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free twice a week. There's no extra fees or hidden charges. You're just getting your shopping done and helping me out in the process, helping me with gas money. I'm going to give you a ride to, uh, to, to, to the arena to go see the REO Speedwagon show. So you got to chip in for gas. How does that sound? Same thing. All right. I appreciate you being here with me. Stay hard. Stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. See you next week, and yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.